When a civilized country like the United Kingdom arrests and charges a private citizen for praying in her mind in a public space, you know the world is truly coming to an end. Uh, what, what are you here for today? Uh, physically, I'm just standing here. Okay. Why, why here of all places? I know you, you don't live nearby. But this is an abortion something. You're praying? Uh, I might be praying in my head. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you once more, will you voluntarily come with us now to the police station for me to ask you some questions about today and other days where there are allegations that you've broken public space of protection? Uh, if I've got a choice, then no. Okay, well then you're under arrest. I can't suspicion of failing to comply with the public spaces protection order. The church in America is going to suffer so terribly. And we laugh now, but they will come after us, and they will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad, while we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerized by so many trinkets. The net even now is closing around you and your children and your grandchildren, and it does not cause you to fear. You will be isolated from society, as has already happened, Anyone who tries to run for office who actually believes the Bible will be considered a lunatic until finally we are silenced. We will be called things that we're not and persecuted not for being followers of Christ but for being radical fundamentalists who do not know the true way of Christ which of course is love and tolerance. You'll go down as the greatest bigots and haters of mankind in history. Be sure to stick around until the end as we will show you how pervasive Christian persecution has become in many parts of the world, including the United States, and what you must do now to prepare for and survive persecution. Public Spaces Protection Order. Isabel Vaughn Spruce joins us tonight. Isabel, thank you so much for coming on. So the, the this me. order is designed, the law is designed to protect public spaces from praying. Well, maybe maybe if I could give a bit of a background to this. So for 20 years or around that, I've been going outside abortion centres and praying there and offering help to women. I know, you know well over 100 women who've accepted our help and um, continued their pregnancies. Um, but September this year, the local council in Birmingham brought in this censorship zone, this PSPO, um, formerly, these were used for, for dog fouling and drunken behaviour and things like that, but they're now popping up around the country um, surrounding abortion centres, and they ban behaviour like protesting, um, but it also names prayer and counselling as forms of protesting. And so four times I went and stood near the closed abortion centre and silently prayed there. And as you can see, the police came and asked me if I was protesting, which I wasn't. They asked me if I was praying, and I said I might be silently praying. Um, I was arrested, I was searched, I was locked in a cell, I was then interviewed or interrogated, however you'd like to see it, um, during which I was quizzed about what I was praying about. Um, I was then released on bail and then subsequently charged on four counts of protesting and engaging in an act intimidating of service users um, so I now stand on, on trial on February the 2nd, supported by ADF UK, um, really for, for freedom of thought. 
When does praying in one's mind amount to protesting and intimidating service users? Obviously, when they can't find any wrongdoing, they come up with lies. Isn't that indicative of a morally corrupt society? How did the United Kingdom get to this point? A nation that produced renowned Protestant reformers such as William Tyndale, Thomas Cranmer, Thomas Cromwell, Hugh Latimer, and Nicholas Ridley. If you're arresting people for praying, you are committing an act of evil. It's not a close call at all. There's sort of no debate about that. We couldn't agree more. There is nothing more evil than arresting someone, not for publicly praying, but simply saying a prayer in her mind. Please join us in our fight for the truth. Please share our videos, subscribe, like, and comment. We appreciate your help. Persecution is different than just plain old suffering or just plain old death. Persecution is a suffering that we endure at the hands of our adversary, specifically because of his hatred of our Lord and Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. And what that means is, while suffering is something that is inevitable, and every man will suffer, it's not so with persecution. Persecution can be avoided. All you have to do is compromise. This is what happens when a nation rejects God. But before I end the show tonight, I have some more bad news for those living in England. The UK is set to be on course to be one of the saddest places to live. Cut to 2023. Take a look at these scenes. There is anger on the streets of London. There is frustration. There is acrimony. It's a season of strikes in England, so much so there's a strike calendar in the UK. Nurses, ambulance drivers, bus drivers, highway workers, teachers, the border force, university staff, royal mail workers, they're all going on strikes. They're demanding more pay. They're sick of the cost of living crisis which has crippled the economy. Imagine if there is an emergency, a medical emergency, a natural disaster, an accident. What happens then? It's a scary thought. This cost of living crisis is creating friction not just between the government and trade unions, but also between couples. Take a look at this headline now. Divorce rates in the United Kingdom are set to hit a 50-year high. British couples are unhappy. In fact, this is the most unhappy they've ever been since records even began. Add higher taxes to the heap of troubles and you'll find there's plenty of bitterness in the air. It's pushing more couples to call it quits. You think I'm exaggerating? Did you know the first working Monday in January is dubbed as Divorce Day? The sad condition of a formerly prosperous and happy country that once revered God. Recently, we posted a video about an ESPN sports commentator praying on live television for Damar Hamlin, who suffered cardiac arrest while playing football. Literally, this man stopped breathing for a while before he was resuscitated, and millions of people prayed for him, and thankfully, he has been discharged from the hospital. We've got some breaking news right now. This, these are the doctors giving us an update on Damar Hamlin. Let's listen in. Recovery. As Kristen noted, Tim and I are representing the many, many individuals and teams who have cared for Damar over the past week. And as a team, our collective focus from day one has been keeping DeMar at the center to ensure a good outcome for him. Since our last update to you, DeMar Hamlin has met a number of key milestones on his journey to recovery. I believe when Dr. Pritz and I uh, last met, 
uh, Demar was still intubated, intubated and on a ventilator. Obviously, since then, he has been extubated and has gone through a weaning of his oxygen. He has been up with physical therapy and occupational therapy, walking the unit, tolerating a regular diet, meeting with his family and, and many members of the care team that wanted to see how he was doing, all to get him to this point that he could be safely returned to Buffalo. What an amazing testimony of God's miraculous hand of healing. That's the power of prayer. We continue to pray for total healing and restoration. This is why we grieve that police would arrest a woman for praying silently in a public space. While persecution in Western countries may be new, Christians in different parts of the world endure severe persecution due to their faith in Jesus Christ. Well, imagine seeing your husband, brother, or father brutally killed by religious fanatics. Some families are happy that the martyrs kept their faith. And as Gary Lane found out, they're ready to forgive. I was very proud that my husband stood firm in his faith and that he didn't deny Jesus. Residents there honor the sacrifice of 21 Egyptians, brutally murdered last February by ISIS. We were very sad for the first two days, but we hadn't seen the video. When we saw them in the video calling to Jesus, we were very comforted. And that's why Miriam and other families say they are now joyful, not sad. Babawi Alham's brother Samuel was among those killed. We were always praying that God would make them steadfast in their faith. We were very happy with what they said on the video, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. When we found out they had been killed for being Christian, we were very comforted because these were God's children and he took them. Although Samuel's wife and children now live without a husband and father, his family told CBN News their faith is stronger. They forgive the jihadists and even pray for ISIS. I pray for them that God may open their heart and they may know the truth and know that what they do is wrong and then do the right thing. Jesus told us to forgive every sin and we forgive them and we hope that they can come to know Jesus. According to Open Doors, an average of eight Christians were killed for their faith every day last year. 23 Christians were raped or sexually harassed in faith-related violence and on any given week, a shock in 182 churches or church buildings were attacked and 276 Christian homes burned or destroyed every month. Open Door says one in eight Christians worldwide live in places where they endure high levels of persecution for simply believing in Jesus Christ. China is building what I think is a blueprint, a roadmap of persecution for other regimes around the world. And they're doing it with surveillance, with a social score that, that measures Christian behavior, attending church, taking your kids to Sunday school as a negative thing. China may be a model for what's coming to countries like the United States. Satan is the liar king. He has a massive supernatural force of demons against whom we wrestle. His children are liars. The kingdom of darkness is known by its lies. This has penetrated the most sacred halls of our government, the Supreme Court. God is out. Prayer is out. The Ten Commandments are out. Get those off the wall. The Bible is out. Blasphemy is in. Immorality is to be protected. In fact, laws are, be, are to be made and enforced to normalize perversion. While we still have the opportunity to pray, read the Bible, and attend church, let us not take it for granted, because in many countries, individuals are imprisoned or even killed for simply holding a Bible or worshiping together.
You were in India recently. Yeah. It's number 10 on the list. What sort of persecution are Christians there facing? They are facing Mark, tremendous persecution. If you are a Christian, you don't have access necessarily to health care, education. You can't run for political office. The Hindu-led uh, uh, BJP government is really coming down hard on this whole idea of conversions. You see people getting baptized. Many of those are Hindu converts, and they're trying to stop this. It's a, a, a real dedicated, uh, targeted campaign to make sure that Christians... Uh, Hindus do not leave the Christian faith. What is amazing is that these poor Christians being persecuted are not praying for health and wealth as many false and dangerous preachers in America do. They pray that their faith remains strong and unshakable in the face of persecution. And quickly, how can we pray yeah. for our fellow brothers and sisters who suffer for yeah. their faith? Mark, every time I meet them, they always say, listen, don't pray that the persecution goes, but pray that we have the spiritual spine, the spiritual backbone to continue praising our God, continue declaring His famous name in the communities that we live. So pray as you pray for the believers, just know that they're not asking for persecution to end. They're asking that the Spirit of God would come and continue to give the boldness to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Sadly, our neighbor, Canada, is increasing the persecution of Christians in their country. Churches shut down and pastors arrested. A wave of Christian persecution is underway, only this time it's not in China, but Canada. It's happening mostly in Alberta and Ontario, all in the name of public safety and health. On May 14th, police interrupted praise and worship at the Mennonite Church of God in Elmer, Ontario. Congregants sang, On Christ the Rock I Stand. Afterwards, they exited peacefully, and police locked the building. And in Calgary, freed on bond this week, Pastor Archer Pulowski of Fortress Adelum Church says police mistreated him during his recent arrest and jailing. He warns others, quote, they're going to come after you. It's just a matter of time. Also in Calgary, Rebel News captured weeping family members on camera just moments before police arrested Pastor Tim Stevens of Fairview Baptist Church. Even the United States, a Protestant Christian nation, is beginning to persecute Christians. How did we get here? Uh, how will this persecution, in your opinion, manifest here in America? So one is in silencing, marginalizing, shaming, canceling people. And I think a big issue in the future for us is going to be communication, how we get our message out to other Christians, to non-believers also. What if you're banned from social media and no one will church your, uh, will host your church website or your podcast? And then there's also deplatforming, I think especially of financial transactions. And just think how difficult it would be to not be able to use a credit card or to have a bank account, how that would affect you in your daily life. And it's already happening to some groups. Indeed, it is already happening to some groups here in America. Here is one example. When the National Committee for Religious Freedom, headed by former U.S. Senator and Religious Freedom Ambassador Sam Brownback, needed a bank account, they went to J.P. Morgan Chase. After only a few weeks, they learned their account had been closed. I went in to make a deposit at a branch here in Kansas, uh, about three or four weeks after we'd opened up the account, I think, and the teller there said uh, that account's been closed. I go, what? Uh, I said, yeah, it's, uh, that account's been closed. Your funds will be being sent to you in a couple of weeks. And then later they came back and said, well, if you'll disclose who gives uh, more than 10% of your funds to you and your criteria for supporting candidates as a 501c4, we'll consider reopening up the account. Used to be companies only wanted your business. 
These days, they may not, if they think you believe in the wrong things. Increasing numbers of companies care more about their stands on social issues than the bottom line. And he says Christians will be the victims. Corporations like Walmart, Apple, and others are richer and more powerful than some countries in this world. They're going to use the power that they have within the corporations and every other institution to persecute the church. Uh, people think I'm radical for saying this sort of thing, but I'm telling you, it's coming. It's time for Christians in America to wake up. We've been distracted for too long, fighting over secondary issues, craving false doctrines that tickle our ears but poison our spirit, and desiring to look like, be like, and enjoy the corrupt pleasures of the fallen world. It's very easy to see how changing worldviews, changing ideas, and changing laws uh, in the West could easily and very quickly lead to the persecution of Christians. Although experiencing persecution can be scary and painful, it draws us closer to God because He's the only one to lean on and draw strength from. Fellow believers in Jesus Christ, let us persevere. We can only stand firm in trials by having a close relationship with Jesus Christ. Regardless of what suffering or persecution you may endure, know that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Do you know why? Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. Persecution is always meant for evil, but God always means it for good. And is it not better to suffer in this life to have an extra weight of glory in heaven? You must settle this in your mind. This is the one thing I want to say over and over. Do not believe. Down through history, you have a wrong idea of martyrdom and persecution. You think that these men were persecuted and martyred for their sincere faith in Jesus Christ. That was the real reason, but no one heard that publicly. They were martyred and they were persecuted as enemies of the state, as child molesters, as bigots, as narrow-minded, stupid people who had fallen for a ruse and can contribute nothing to society. Your suffering will not be noble. So your mind must be filled with the word of God when all people persecute you and turn on you. May the Lord keep you and strengthen you to endure and overcome any persecution you might endure now or in the future because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. 